0: Go weekly won get with five more boats and five legged goats Communicore Weekly
1: You might catch a freaking You waited all week I'm sure you already know this the greatest on my show Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly
0: I'm George And I'm Jeff. Some imagination, huh? It's time for Daisy Hiss. So if you've been to Disneyland, or Disney's Hollywood Studios, or Tokyo Sea at night, chances are that you've probably seen Fantasmic, the, uh, the nighttime spectacular that has been wowing guests for over 20 years. It's kind of a part magic show, part musical theater, part special effects extravaganza with lasers and fireworks, and who doesn't like lasers and fireworks?
1: Yeah, and most people probably have been there at night since those parks you mentioned are full-day parks. But, you know, after the success of Illuminations... I hate uh, you. At Epcot. (laughs) um, Then-CEO Michael Eisner, he finally gave the go-ahead for the Imagineers to create the show at Disneyland. And it first premiered at Disneyland in May of 92. And though they had done shows on the rivers of America in the past, they were trying to create something new, a new show experience, something like they've never done before. Uh, They set the stage on Tom Sawyer Island, long after the guests have departed it for the evening because otherwise that would be really weird
0: and it would probably cause a lot of injuries hey kids mickey shooting fire (laughs) explosions Ah, bang
1: dragon anyway
0: disney hospital um (laughs) but so in order to create this show it required like a whole bunch of months of construction they had to dry dock both the mark twain riverboat and the sailing ship columbia they had to do an extensive overhauling of tom sawyer island and they had to temporarily drain the rivers of america but when all that was said and done, everything looked pretty much exactly how it hit was before, ex- you know, by day at least. But at night, you know, Mickey's imagination came to life, and the villains turned it into a nightmare phantasmic, as they say in the show. Scary. Um
1: one of the really innovative techniques that they used in Phantasmic uh, made its debut during the show. And and you can see it in shows. In disney parks all around the world and the effect that they're talking about was the use of three massive mist screens each one about 50 feet wide 30 feet high and six inches thick the screens appear on the rivers alongside tom Sawyer island and are so dense that actual film images can be projected upon them making for a really cool effect and the very first time i saw that i was blown away
0: yeah I mean it's it's a pretty neat technology thing I mean and and the entire show kind of came together after they saw a demonstration of that miss screen technology and that allowed the Imagineers to create a show around it to incorporate animation into the show which they didn't think they were going to be able to do before without having to haul gigantic uh, screens into the (laughs) arena every night so the show director was Barnett Ricci she said that there was research into the special effects technology that dated back, back to 1989 when Disneyland was preparing to celebrate the 30th anniversary. She had an idea for a castle show that would employ the same type of techniques, but it never came to fruition despite all the research that went into it. So they took all that research and all that knowledge and they poured it into Fantasmic to make as we know it today. And so my
1: question is, were they gonna shoot water at the castle? Or well, what?
0: How else were they going to clean it? I mean, it's I guess a two so. for one. Yeah. Castle gets dirty after
1: a while. Or it was, you know. But anyway. So some of the chief illusions uh phantasmic. I guess we can call them illusions. I guess we can. So cool. well,
0: They're illusions, Michael. It's
1: phantasmic. Uh, they're created using specially prepared versions of the scenes from classic Disney animated films, Uh, images that seem to appear in the air above the river as they interact with the live performers. And all the action is punctuated uh, by an array of special effects and by Bruce Healy's dramatic orchestral score. And it's apparently not as simple as it might first appear. Uh, Familiar film footage could not just be plugged into the presentation, and it had to be adapted and re-edited under Richie's supervision and re-scored by Healy.
0: Now, Healy had to recreate something akin to a full-scale movie score, and he included original themes, which explore the whimsical and romantic aspects of Mickey's imagination, and others which provide, you know, some for heroic emphasis and the highlight of action. Um, He also redid some new orchestrations of classic Disney music, such as Night on Bald Mountain, uh, The Pink Elephants on Parade, and a whole bunch more.
1: Yeah, and while Healy was occupied with what the audience would hear, Others were helping to create the things the audience would actually see. And you know, while many of the characters in Phantasmic may look familiar, costume designer Marilyn Sato points out that the costumes needed an extra dose of Disney sparkle because of the darkness and distance from the audience. Mickey and his friends also needed something their outfits don't require on Main Street USA, apparently waterproof lining because it rains
0: sometimes you know it rains
1: sometimes and there's water everywhere and I yeah, think afterwards they go ride Splash Mountain
0: That's that's probably true Probably it is so a couple of those costumes also include uh, fiber optic illumination and many had to be designed for quick Changes because you know some of the people had to change from a jungle book monkey into a Peter Pan pirate in like seconds For example, and you don't have a Peter Pan monkey. No, which is that's just weird but on top of that, they also needed a 100-foot-long snake with searchlight eyes and a gigantic crocodile and the now-defunct 20-foot-tall Ursula, which I do remember seeing once yes. and then never again because it failed miserably.
1: But I mean, I'm thinking even a 6-foot-tall Ursula would be pretty scary. I'd be okay with that. Uh, either way. So, so uh, in addition to the almost nearly 50 live performers that have been cast in hundreds of costumes in a variety of roles, Phantasmic also features lasers fog effects and specially choreographed water fountains fireworks fiber optic technology and a full cast of creeping floating fire breathing and uh fairly intimidating monsters
0: yep i used to be afraid of them i'm not gonna lie
1: oh okay that's okay i would (laughs) have
0: Ultimately, what people remember, though, is the, the Melissaven dragon, which has undergone quite a number of transformations over the years. You know, because at the end of the show, Mickey has to battle the 40-foot-high dragon to rein in the nightmares he accidentally unleashed. Um, however, while it's the coolest audio-animatronic in the show, it's also the most troublesome. Most of the time it works, uh, other times, not so much. A newer version of that dragon was uh, redesigned in 2009 for Disneyland, but it's not always operating at peak performance as I found out last summer, which it failed twice in the middle of the show. It was cool, and then it just kind of slumped over like you know, someone pulled the, tr- the plug on it.
1: Yeti! <coughs> Yeti! <coughs> sorry, I had a cough there. I'm sorry.
0: You, you need, do you need a break for a second? Or? Yeah, I might
1: need to take a water. Okay. Um, well, after a successful few years, few years at Disneyland, they brought the show over to Walt Disney World in 1998. And although the Magic Kingdom does have its own version of the Rivers of America, they wanted to bring it to the Hollywood Studios to help with that park's
0: attendance. So Because built- it's a half-day park.
1: Sure. I'll go with that. Um, actually, it's probably more like a three-quarters-day park. Let's, it does let's, have a lot let's not push it. The
0: don't, don't, don't push it.
1: Okay, well, they did build the Hollywood Hills there. And, the, and walking to the Hollywood <laughs> Hills Amphitheater does take about a quarter of a day.
0: Okay, I'll give you that one.
1: Okay, we'll do it that way. So, But the amphitheater does hold up to 8,200 guests. And the show also opened at Tokyo Disney
0: Sea in 2011. So the Fantasmic continues to pack in the crowds, and I know a lot of folks still wait about two hours just to get into the auditorium to watch it, and then another two hours before the show actually starts, so they must be doing something right. Mm. And I highly doubt it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's going to be sticking around for a while. I think so. He's a knight, he's, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. Ah! It's George's Book
1: of the Week. Building a Better Mouse by Steve Alcorn and David Green tells the story of two Imagineers and their work during the three years that Epcot was designed and built. Steve begins the story at the very end, when the project is over, and he has to deal with being let go from the company. From there, he takes us back to his beginnings with wet engineering, working in Department 510, a group of electronic engineers. Steve delves into a fairly standard introduction to Walt's dream about Epcot and the development of the theme park before beginning the real adventure. What you get is a deeply satisfying look into what it was like to work for Disney during the design, development, and construction of the world's most expensive theme park and the largest private construction project at the time. Uh, Although it's written by an electrical engineer, Alcorn, the narrative is very enjoyable and really fun to read. Green steps in to offer his thoughts and, Quote, contributed all the sections that sound like they were written by an English major. By Alcorn, apparently. About halfway through reading Building a Better Mouse, I realized that I would never look at any theme park attraction the same. Attractions at Disney parks are usually so polished that you often take everything for granted. And reading about Steve working more than 24 hours in a row in order to get a lift functioning is is mind-boggling. Steve describes the the size and scope of the infrastructure of the American adventure and relates it on a level where you can comprehend the grandness and the interoperability of each part. It really is amazing to think of the systems that were developed that keep the attractions running all day, day after day. Steve and David take us behind the scenes at WED in California where we share a glimpse of what it was like to work at Disney. And when they write about their time in Lake Buena Vista where all WED employees were giving a rental car, a trailer at Fort Wilderness, and the ultimatum of finishing Epcot by October 1st, you're amazed how it all came together. It's hard to imagine the demand that was pressed upon these young and idealistic engineers, but after seeing the results, it must've been well worth it. So Building a Better Mouse is a fascinating look at an amazing time in Disney history, especially one written by an insider who loves the magic as much as most enthusiasts. And there's nothing else like it that looks into the development of a single attraction or what the life of an Imagineer was during the heyday of building a theme park. So, if you're a fan of Imagineering, theme parks, or Disney, then you will love this title. I do wish it had been a little more in depth, but I'm not sure what else the authors could have had it. And this is Building a Better Mouse, Building a Better Mouse. I'm not sure what a bouse is. By Steve Alcorn and David Green.
0: Sometimes it's a one, sometimes it's a two. Uh, when you gotta go, uh, what you gonna do? Uh, it's a bathroom break. Uh, uh, Break. Secret Blue. Il ressemble un peu sal de international. Aujourd'hui, nous examinons cra- cra- pas dans les toilettes, mais est une lune Merci et a Kid Glock de, de projet de Disney un foyer de pool. De nouveaux de photos de Disneyland Paris des sets toilettes incroyables. Now, what I just said, and probably mangled to death, was (laughs) we have an awesome international bathroom break. Uh, Today, we're going to look at the Toad Hall bathrooms at Disneyland Paris. Now, the bathrooms aren't inside Toad Hall, which is not a ride. It's just a restaurant, by the way. They're actually outside. Still part of the same building, but not inside the building but keith gluck again from the disneyproject.com was kind enough to send them over and the the, uh, the bathrooms look pretty nice so i'm gonna have to go over there and try them
1: like official bathroom break inspections
0: yes we can should we get, do inspections can we
1: get badges
0: ba- excuse me we're here to inspect your bathroom bathroom or inspector. we don't
1: need no stinking badges hey. i don't
0: I, they might not get that reference over in france i don't know do we have oh. french listeners if we have french listeners you let us know if you get that reference
1: Please. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat.
0: <laughs> so the new Fantasyland is upon us, and practically everyone and their mother, except for us, has seen it already, but we'll see it in a couple weeks, so then it'll be okay. Yeah. 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 So inside the Bonjour Village gift shop, not going to do this one in French, um, you'll see a brand-new five-legged goat and there's a portrait of a renaissance man in the back that's actually a photo of the current president of the Magic Kingdom, Phil Holmes. And within this five-legged goat, we have even more five-legged goats all pertaining to Phil. So it's kind of like Inception, but with less Leonardo DiCaprio and more Mickey Mouse. I, I was thinking like Da Vinci Code. Da, but Why Da Vinci Code? Well, I mean, they had
1: all the signs and symbols, and I haven't seen Inception yet. Oh, I just, I wanted an excuse to go,
0: Brrraaaammmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmmm Brum. I guess I'll get that once I watch the movie. When, when you see the movie, you'll get it.
1: Anyways, this is about Five-Legged Goats. So, Phil was an opening day cast member. So, in the portrait, he wears a ring with a 40 on it to commemorate his 40 years working at the Magic Kingdom. On the shelf behind him is a Donald Duck figurine. It's also standing for the service award given to cast members at the 40-year mark. The items on the table in front of Phil represent milestones during his tenure. A Magic Lamp for the Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride, an Apple for the Close Snow White Scary Adventures Ride, and the upcoming Snow uh, 7 Dwarfs Coaster, and Peanuts for the Storybook Circus Expansion.
0: And yeah, they also have a park map that's laying open on the side showing uh, Mickey's Toontown Fair in the corner, and over Phil's shoulder is a patch of Haunted Mansion wallpaper, which is fitting because that's where Phil started working back in 1971 on opening day. Well, thanks so much for watching. Yep, yeah, be sure to comment and uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Yes, we love the ratings. You can always
1: email us at CommunicoreWeekly at gmail.com with questions, comments, Disney <laughs> Park, Disney Hotel, Disney Cruise Line, Disney Restaurant, bathroom photos. Yes. We don't need any more bathroom photos from your houses.
0: Yeah, that's a little weird, guys. I that's mean, all I'm going to let's, let's cut back on that. By the way, George, sorry, sorry I sent you those photos. Um, you can also <laughs> like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Weekly. And please do not forget, you can also go to comunicoreweekly.com. All our shows are listed there. You can still buy t-shirts. We don't have many left, but we do have a few. So if you want t-shirts, go get them, CommuniCorpsWeekly.com. Yes,
1: and if, if, you, if you want to order the pre-worn t-shirts, they're a little bit more expensive. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. Well, you can also follow us on Twitter. At, uh, I'm at ImagineErding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck
0: so that means i'm george and i'm jeff and we're from mice chat thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time on Communicore weekly